0: left this is george g and the time is right welcome today's guest strong and powerful gregory shepherd gregory are you ready to do this I'm ready. Thank you. All right, let's go. Gregory is the co-founder of Boss Capital Partners. He's the creator of Boss. It's an open source operating system empowering entrepreneurs success rate. He's the founder of Boss Startup Science Academy. He's a Forbes contributor, a podcast host, an author, an angel investor. Gregory, excited to have you back on the show. Tell us a little bit about your personal
1: life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Sure. I mean, so where it started was um I came from a family uh, of, you know, a mixed bag of foster and adopted different na- uh, different uh, nationalities. And then I have autism and dyslexia. So I struggled, barely graduated from high school. And then I started businesses. And uh, fast forward, I uh, built and sold 12 companies and I sold a couple to eBay and won four private equity awards for transactions between 250 and a billion as part of this 925 million dollar transaction and uh then we uh i after i stayed with them for a little while i left and then i went into politics cuz i was trying to give back you know i was trying to trying to contribute to specifically uh marginalized folks so people that are trying to get out from check to check living and i found out that the majority of those people do it through starting a business but then 90% of them fail. So I left politics. And then I went into this and I was like, okay, let me study why, when, and how founders were failing. And I learned, I did 1200. Well, now it's more than I started this in 2016. So at that point, um, when I made the switch, which was was about three years ago, I had done 200 one-on-one interviews with founders, investors, and all that. Uh, we looked at I think about 10,000 different case studies and reports. Um, I mean, it was a tremendous amount of research. It took years and cost me uh, about a half a million dollars for the team and everything that went into it. Um, What came out of that was that the founders were failing. um, The first and foremost thing that they were failing over was the fact that they didn't understand where they were and where they were going. This was like the fundamental thing, right? So, they just kind of go into it and they don't understand, you know, where they are in this life cycle, uh, where they're going. And that determines everything, right? There are, there's a, a difference between doing the right thing and doing things right. And that is in, in some cases timing. And so that's what I focused on was putting together, okay, here's a life cycle that tells you where you are and what you should be doing at that point. And then I started creating, Classes. We hired a bunch of pedagogy PhDs to go out and produce all these really well produced classes to help founders understand uh, the life cycle and what they should be doing and down to the detail. And then we started adding in tools that allows them to actually do the practice on. They can actually go in and do the courses and learn how to do valuation and all that sort of stuff. And that platform is now uh, powers a bunch of universities and a bunch of accelerators, some economic development folks and and different things like that. And then we started adding in all the rest of the stuff that founders need. So this is like investor list, accelerator list, non-dilutive funding list, different key pieces of software, evaluation software and cap table management software and so on and so forth. Because the next step after understanding what was uh where they are and where they were going is making it so that They weren't all starting at the same command line you know they all go in and they go to search and they start searching for things so we wanted to pull the whole ecosystem and put it in one place to prevent them from failing for those two reasons or at least eliminate the common reasons why they fail does all that make sense it it certainly it it does make sense so Um, post that we we started working really hard on um trying to make sure that we had we we tried to really make sure that we were focused on what we can give to the founders first. And so now we're building out a profile that holds all the founders' actual empirical information that they can share with an investor because pitch decks are an awful way to try to communicate your pitch, uh, you know, your business because it's limited to the pitch. You can't, as an investor, you can't dig in and see, you know, any details on it, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what we're building right now. Um, my, in terms of the book, I got a book deal with Ben Bella publishing. I'm pretty excited about that. That's, um, the book's supposed to roll out, uh, towards the second half of this year, which is really exciting. I've got a a few books to do with them. So that's really exciting. And, uh, you know, that's the catch up on me. I'm excited to be here with you.
0: I love it. Uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, along with lots of other people to read Ray Dalio's book, um, principles. And it's just amazed with how thorough he was with everything. And just, it was one thing after another. And it strikes me that, that, that your system is, is very similar to that. You've left no stone unturned. You you've documented, you put it all together. How, how long did it take you to, to develop this? Obviously you were starting companies and selling them and making deals. Uh, But how, how, how long did it take you to kind of put the structure together?
1: I mean, the whole thing is like my life's work. So, you know, I've been building businesses for between 20, 25 years. Um, So maybe more than 25 years. So it was a matter of me uh, trying different uh, operating systems. So you have everything from like Lean and Six Sigma and 4DX and OGSM and Agile and Kanban and so on and so forth. And so what I did is I tested every one of these methodologies at different points in companies and then used the parts that I thought were the best out of the out of the different ways of doing things and then align them up so that there are certain things that are done at certain times um, so that the founders are using things that are tried and tested and work really well, but at the right time, you know, like Six Sigma is a standardization tool. You know, it, it creates standardization. And so it's better for standardization phase of the life cycle and optimization, which is basically getting rid of waste and building out from there. So I I spend a lot of time on, on those operating systems, testing, trying it. So that and then the life cycle itself and then all of the pieces is, you know, over 25 years and a lot of it's my life's work. You know, this is sort of, I guess, my last hurrah, if you will. Like, this is the last thing I'm going to do.
0: Oh, come on. You're, 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 you're still a very young man. So I think that you still have a lot of water to go into the bridge, Gregory. But
1: Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I've tried retiring. I don't even, I've lost track. Uh It never works for me. So, and I've said that before, so maybe you're right.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So I'm fascinated by you watch YouTube videos about kids that can do a Rubik's cube in like two seconds. And it strikes me, you, obviously, when you look at something, you, could figure it out. And that's probably the most crude way that anybody's ever described your skill set. How do you what what, what
1: do you think you're really good at? Um, Well, according to my diagnosis, um, you know, with autism, I have savant syndrome, which is like, you know, being a savant, I hate the word syndrome, because it makes it sound bad. But it, it gives me the ability to see my superpowers, basically patterns, So, you know, I can look at like an ecosystem, like the first one, one of the ones I did was affiliate where I saw the performance marketing system, but I saw it back when websites were just being built and before Google and and right about when Yahoo just started. And I was able to see the future of this by following the, the patterns that I think are going to be coming in the future. And that's sort of like my superpower. So when I look at like the whole startup ecosystem, I mean, you know, the the number of the average number across everything is 90% fail, right? So nine out of 10 fail. It, it's been like that for 15 years. So it, it's sort of like, I mean, this needs to be fixed. You know, on the other side, understanding why, when and how is, creates another pattern, which is like, you can see that you have this, incubator sort of to uh accelerator or or depending on what they call each other it's a mess right you have investors that are uh think that they understand what to do because from an investor's perspective and that lens is completely different from a founder they're giving instructions to founders saying well you should be doing this you should be doing that and and that's good from their perspective but they're not the founder in the business so a lot of times they give advice that is, is, not doesn't take into consideration the different angles of the Rubik's Cube, just one side. So they're trying to solve one side of the Rubik's Cube. You can't solve a Rubik's Cube that way. You have to do it from all sides at the same time. The corners don't move and the center is the axis. So you can't look at it from one side. You ruin the whole Rubik's Cube if you keep doing that. And that's what investors tend to do. And then you have mentors who are the same right and all these people they add to the founder's ability to do the right thing but the founder needs to be the access in the center of the Rubik's cube. and so the problem is is that the founder themselves aren't getting real experience from the base and so that pattern showed me okay we need to start by standardizing how everybody thinks and looks and reads and talks about the startup ecosystem then now everybody's speaking the same language. We can educate on those standards, right and and those educational process creates other standards. And now that you have a standard, now you can move forward and really solve the problem because like normally, if you're like out there and you're in a school, it every school is teaching people the same thing. When people graduate, they all have the same thing. One of the things that we teach in uh, startup science is that if you are, Uh, trying to build something, trying to build a functional area, build a product or whatever it is, and everything that the data is different from multiple different sources because there's no standard, every financial driver metrics measurement model you're using is flawed because they're all different. So they all have to be similar or exactly the same for you to measure them pound for pound. So that was the first step in this process, and that's sort of what I was able to see is like, okay, we got to standardize everything, and then we can start measuring it, and then we can start making improvements. Got it. I love it.
0: How has how has the writing part been? Did that come easy as well,
1: or is that oh more challenging? <laughs> yeah, so – I mean, you know, I have level five dyslexia, right? So I read and write at like a fourth grade level. So, you know, I, I use machines to help me dictation and speech and stuff like that. Um, and I have some software that helps too. But, you know, when I look at like, if you look at a word of a, a page of words, you know, you can sit there and read letter by letter, word by word and the, the grammar and the punctuation and keep going. For me, the whole thing is like moving. Okay. So imagine taking a sheet of paper and then jiggling it around. Hmm. Um, and sometimes part of the letter shows up, sometimes the whole letter shows up, sometimes it's, like, blurred. It's really, really difficult. Um, and so the the writing, I mean, I've written, like, 100-whatever articles, and, you know, I've done a TED Talk. I've done all these different things. Everything that I require requires this academic um, process, and so I've done workarounds, but it's still really slow, you know. I mean, the book has taken me three and a half years um, to, to get it to the point where it's where we can actually slate it for a, a you know a mark when it's going to be on the shelves, and it's taken me you know editors and and other writers. Like I write the whole thing out, but I need like there's three steps, right? I write the whole thing out, and it's like this. Uh, I need a translator, you know, so somebody has to take what I wrote and then turn it into something that somebody else can understand just because things are all mixed up. My wife really helps me with that. She understands. She calls it Screg. She speaks Screg. Um, so she she does that. And then uh, or somebody else. And then it goes to another writer who sort of puts it into. a a format and then another writer who makes it really sound amazing. So it's, it's not, you know, and and I found out, I thought this was just me, but this is all writers do this. This is a process. Everybody does. It's rare that you find a writer that does the entire book on their own. It's like anything else. You need a group of people to do it. So, but for me, you know, it's a little extra help. So the process is a struggle. It's hard Um, it takes, it drains me, you know, if I'm working on the book for like a day at the end of the day, I can't even see straight, you know, I'm just trying to, just trying to maintain. Um, but, but I do find it really fun. Um, I really like to put on my headphones and just grind away on stuff that I have or, or, you know, go out and study the research and then put together something. And then, so, so part of the the, the the superpower I have is looking at a big picture with a lot of little pieces and then creating uh, something that is a series of shapes and colors and stuff. Because I have this thing called synesthesia, which is where you see like shapes and colors. And that basically means things to me. So I'm good at like shaping that out and forming it and then putting it into a book or putting it into a business or whatever. So I can take a mess and clean it up, you know. I love it, so
0: when when you are looking to invest in a company, which I know that you do, what what are you looking for? Is there something that this guy or this gal just has to have anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know the the here's the thing about a startup, right is that the the idea is an art but building the business is a science that's why we call it startup science right because it really is there's a sequential process to going through that you follow there are of course in those in that scientific process it takes creativity to find your way so if you're a scientist and you're trying to find a cure for something you know you study all the research and then you look into the details and then you have to draw conclusions and then come up with an answer that part is creative also um So I look for people that have the ability to uh, think with data, not think to create data, but think with data. So, you know, you find a lot of people that are really academic and they're sitting there and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to study what's there and I'm going to do this and that. And that's not what it takes. You don't need an academic person. You need somebody that has the ability to take what academic people do And then create uh, ways to move forward or ways to go around an obstacle through it or under it or whatever. Um, And ways to look at multiple different pieces to something and put them together. Like when you're looking at a business, there is an alignment between the product and engineering people and the shared services people and the service delivery people, you know, operations and the sales and marketing people. You can't have one of these things marching to their own drum. They all need to be aligned. That takes a specific type of of a person, so that's one thing. The other thing is the ability to uh, take a beating, right? Like if you talk to somebody and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm an only child and they were raised in a privileged household and they haven't struggled any time in their life," the chances of them fail of, of them succeeding is rare because they're not used to it. They're used to winning, and you don't win the first time in a, in in doing being a founder. You work constantly failing for one win. And, you know, so you have to find somebody that has the grit to take a beating and get through that and not fall down, you know, not tumble to the ground that they have the ability to really, uh, you know, fall down, get up and keep going without losing any motivation, drive or enthusiasm. So that's the second thing. The third thing I would say is somebody that has that understands time management and organization. Um, these two things can be timed together, but the, one is the ability to organize a lot of different pieces of data, and the other one is to manage your time on how you address the things that, get, that need to get done by in a prioritized order. And the big caveat to that is the discipline to do it, right? So, again, I look for people that, you know, I pay attention to them, like, what have you done? You know, and they're like, oh, I was on the Olympic swimming team. Okay, well, you got discipline, Right. And you know, I was a project manager. Okay, you've got organization. You know, I had a full boat of courses in school plus a job plus a does plus that plus that. Okay, you have time management. And then you have a collection of of sort of experience assets that you can utilize with a founder. That would be the third thing. The fourth thing is what I call the handful. And the handful is just five things. So five things, five fingers, focus, drive, enthusiasm, discipline, and optimism. You have to have the ability to focus. You have to have drive. Discipline comes in when your focus and your uh, drive fails, right? When, when you're sitting there and you're like, nothing's working, then you just got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do it. Enthusiasm is important because you can't lead a team unless you're enthusiastic about what you're doing. You know, you, you, you just put everybody to sleep. So you have to be enthusiastic and optimism is root, right? Because if you don't think that the outcome of what you're working on is going to give you what you want, then you lose your optimism and everything falls apart. So I look for the handful as the fourth thing. And the fifth thing is the ability to be coachable. So the ability for me to, you know, talk to them and, and that they don't get defensive. You know, that they can sit there and they can have me say, you know, no, do it this way. Don't do that. This idea was bad, whatever, in a pretty brutal way, because, you know, with autism comes some pretty candid language. And so I'm pretty can't, you know, real honest with them I just tell them straight up. And uh, and that is critical. And everybody thinks coachability is a big deal. So it's, it's not just me. And that's the five things I look for.
0: I love it. Those make those make a ton of sense. Well, Gregory, grateful for you coming back on the show. Congratulations on everything. Where can people learn more about you? How can they how can they take advantage of the boss operating system and the boss startup science academy and keep an eye out for the book? All all the things.
1: Yeah. So Gregory dot com. So it's just G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-S-H-E-P-A-R-D dot com is my my website and then startupscience.io is the website for the curriculum and all the other stuff. And I appreciate you having me on so much, George. I know you have, like, tons of people lined up, and I just appreciate that I was even considered. So thank you so much. I feel, feel very uh, fortunate. So I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, sir if you enjoyed as much as I did show Gregory your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to Gregory It's Gregory S H E P A R D.com. And then go to startupscience.io. And if you are, a current entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur, just entrepreneurial, curious, whatever it might be. Uh, it's clear that Gregory has done the work and recognized the patterns and taken the best of breed and all these wonderful ideas from lots of different places and distilled it down into uh, into an actionable system that can help you figure out where you are and where you want to go and hopefully uh, be part of that 10% or increase that 10% to a larger number of people who are successful. So thanks again, Gregory. Thank you. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.